Hello, my name is Jack Elliot Hobbs, and welcome to Unlived Lives, a philosophical YouTube series and podcast in which we explore the lives my guests are not living and why. If you hear any unmotivated sound, it's likely to be my two dogs enjoying life entirely in the present, unaware of any disruption they may be causing. I hope you enjoy listening. My guest in this episode was born into a small, modest family, grown in rural Northern Ireland. At school, you loved all creative things, English literature, art and drama. But after a personally difficult adolescence, you left the country to study social sciences and psychology in Scotland. You moved to London for your first job in finance recruitment, and today you work in talent acquisition for a pharmaceutical company. You've been recognised at multiple companies for achieving sales targets and winning new business. Elsewhere, you recently qualified as a meditation teacher. Hold a great respect for holistic methodologies to treat anxiety, scratch your creative itch by sharing your meditation knowledge on social media. You say, I have a lost dream of performing and creating in some way but I enjoy documentaries, seeing my friends, gymming, the great outdoors, experiencing new countries, and more recently researching the world of mindfulness and meditation. You'd love to be more creative, attend more classes, and wish you'd learn to play piano as a child. You also happen to be my significant other. Laura McKendry, welcome to Unlived Lives. Thank you very much. (laughs) So good to have you. And thank you so much today for helping me film the trailer for this new show and also for being my very first guest. Ah, oh, you're so welcome. Ooh. My pleasure. I'm honoured. So I'm starting this show by asking, uh, I'm, I think how it's going to work is I'm basically going to ask you 10 questions mm-hmm. about various different relatively personal ideas and topics um, as I sort of depict in the trailer, and that's sort of self-knowledge, sort of life and death and emotions and personality and, and who you are, to sort of prompt and get to the core of um, perhaps what you aren't doing. Not what you are doing, but what you could have been doing based on different decisions or different people in your life or, or different things happening. Mm. So, I'm gonna. Here's your first question. Uh, okay. But and it's it's based upon what you've told me already. So, tell me about your meditation practice. 
uh, as in the training or yeah the training and, and yeah. just everything about your your meditation journey yeah so I think it's something I've always been interested in the fact that it's quite spiritual and quite out there I quite like the idea of something being more well less prescriptive I suppose than um sort of medical stuff to treat anxiety so I've always had anxiety I think since I was a little girl um and always been quite interested in the concept of how to treat that um but not really known where to start with it Mm. um but my first experience of meditation was well properly was with the headspace app like many people um it's a really popular one yeah it is it is really good as well um but then i think it came to life more understanding the sort of cultural background and origins of it when i went to bali a few years ago and went on a spiritual cleansing day which meant i um i I guess i was a bit more immersed in sort of what it's all about um and it made me think okay I wonder, you know, how this can help me in my day-to-day life. And then last year, um, just in the midst of lockdown, I was supposed to go to a retreat in Ibiza for um, sort of single women, shall we say, at the time, um, to help, I suppose, just empower ourselves. Um, It was sort of focusing around yoga and meditation and the benefits of that. That got cancelled because of lockdown and... um, covid and whatnot so instead of that the girl that was running that put me in touch with her meditation training teacher who was running a new course a pilot course online and i signed up for it and thought why not and it was an incredible three weeks three or four weeks of training and learning all different types of meditation and what it's actually about what it does etc and at the end of it you got an accreditation to become a meditation teacher which was not why i had done the course primarily but I thought you know what this stuff's too good to not share it's really benefited me it really transformed that point of my life so yeah that's kind (laughs) of how it came about that's it's fascinating no good um so sort of going on a, a bit of a different tact describe an important teacher in your life outside of school Ooh, that's a very good question. Teacher. I mean, there's somebody I certainly looked up to a lot, um, more maybe as a mother figure, but someone who I admire with, in regards to her resilience and um, I guess, it's a funny one. She's a double-edged sword. Um, It was somebody who I worked with in the past. and she was very kind to me whenever I had my first job in London she um sort of said to me I'm going to move on to a different company and I think that you'd be really good there and I didn't have much confidence in my ability to do recruitment at the time um and didn't really understand it still and she really took me under my wing and gave me lots of opportunities and taught me that women I guess just sort of quite an inspirational female leader in that way women can do a lot more than they think they can you don't necessarily have to work in a business where it's run only by men for it to be successful um and yeah she did all that as a single mother turned that company around that we joined and I made a lot of money based on the opportunity that she gave me so she taught me about resilience and I guess more self-belief 
um, at a very young age and I was able to um, get a lot more confidence in myself um, because of her, well, the opportunities and the things that she saw in me. Mm. So, Is that, have, you, have you taken on what she said and sort of used that to, to perhaps pursue things that you wouldn't have done had you not met her? Yeah, well, there's something she said to me when I was in my early 20s, maybe 24, 25, mid-20s. She said, what you need to stop doing, Laura, is giving a an F, <laughs> giving a crap what, what people think so much. And she did say the first time she was able to do that was her early 30s. She said, it might take a while before you get to that point. But the, the most important thing, if I sort of can give you any piece of advice, and this still stands out, like I said, is is just stop caring what people think so much. Mm. And I think that applies to pretty much everything in life where you're going to do something that you're not, where you don't believe in yourself or you're not completely secure in your ability or just going on your own in some way. So. Amazing. Yeah. Time for your next question. <laughs> to what extent are you prone to feel that life is elsewhere? Life is elsewhere. A lot in some ways. I think with age, that's changing with mindfulness and things like that, becoming more present. Um, but certainly I have a tendency to daydream and always have and do dwell on, oh, if only I'd done that course at uni or that degree, or I hadn't moved away to that to Scotland when I was um, 18 to that uni and done that, then perhaps I would have made it in some other way or I'm not... I don't know, maybe life will start when this happens. Right. So that does, that does, ha oops, sorry. <laughs> that does happen um, from time to time. But with, I don't know if this is the vein you're going down, but um, with meditation and mindfulness, I think I'm starting to realize more than ever that life is right now and that you shouldn't start, stop waiting, you should stop waiting for it to start because you're living in the moment and you'll not appreciate it stop living in the past living in the future so much so yeah I so, do. Uh, yeah, yeah I think the important <laughs> part of that question is the elsewhere and mm. sort of for me it's it's elsewhere sort of it could be in the past or in the future or mm. in another country or with those friends or when I have that piece of equipment for me, yeah. or when I, you know, when I have that carpet or that rug <laughs> in my room or that painting on that wall, yeah. you know, it, I will only be happy. I, my life will, I will only be living life once I have that. Mm. What do you think? I see what you mean. Yeah. I feel like I do dream of when I get to a certain stage in life, then life will begin. I've got many dreams. I mean, my secret dream is so embarrassing. I used to dream of like, I don't know, some sort of award or starting some kind of business where I'm really important and I'm the person running the show. And that is not mm. in my nature naturally to be a, a leader, if you like. But then what is a leader? So, yeah, no, I do fantasize about the what ifs. So maybe that's a secret thing that I'm still keeping alive in me somewhere, a little flame where I'm still thinking actually there is still that little chance i just don't know when i'll take that leap of faith to maybe make it happen so that does happen a lot and i'll often be sat at work in front of my laptop going hmm, my head won't be there in the game it'll just be oh when this is done or when this stage of my life is happening then 
that's when life will begin mm. so yeah so when did you first have that you said that you had that dream about being you know the head of a head of a company or starting a, a business when did you first have that quite a while ago i mean i don't think it crossed my mind the business thing didn't certainly cross my mind in my sort of early to mid-20s whatsoever probably my late 20s i would fantasize about breaking free from the nine to five schedule i was working um especially when i made the change from working in a, an agency to a, directly for a pharmaceutical company i i sort of felt like oh, i'm just working for someone else mm. and i'm not making as much money so it was a bit like hmm I want to I want to take the skills I've learned and, and do something more inspiring with it or more independent so I'm not answering to someone but the creative side of it so the little sort of fantasy of performing or winning an award for doing something amazing whether that was acting I mean that has been in me for since I can remember I think mm. maybe not the award but just being on stage or being applauded for doing something so yeah, I guess oh. it's in a lot of people. Acting. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like a lot of people who at any point were in a school play. I think people that were in school plays could all relate to this. And there's a lot of people that will have been a lead in a school play. But those moments where I was doing drama for GCSE and um, or even before that, when I was in primary school, the first sort of taste of being on stage or acting or performing in some way came when my uh, primary school teacher picked me to sing the solo um at our christmas carol in this big church um and i sang once in royal david city and then i got picked as a lead part in a school play at primary school and then at high school i put myself forward for the lead role lead female roles and how did that so you did that and and then so why didn't you end up pursuing acting <laughs> lots of reasons i think my family i didn't come from a very creative well mum was into pastel painting and she was quite an artist in some ways but dad was very you know introverted wasn't a performer shied away from anything like that didn't necessarily take too much of an interest i hate saying this but he didn't teach too much of an interest in my performing side of things i think it was more encouraged in my family to be, you know, do well in your exams, do something acad academic, sensible, if you like. Mm. Um, that would make money. It, I don't think it mattered what it was really, but certainly the creative thing wasn't maybe taken seriously. Um, so yeah, probably for that reason. Mm. Your next question. Such a grilling. What makes you envious? Oh God so much <laughs> that's a horrible question <laughs> what makes me envious seeing other people and i mean this in the best possible way because i know envy is one of the seven sins right of the human um i'm envious of people who've been brave enough to take a leap when they're very young or been encouraged by their families maybe when they were young to go and do something they really wanted to do that they were good at and that was recognized in them and just nurtured and never made to feel that, you know, doing anything else had to be the option really. Um, so people who've made it or are, are doing that with their lives and have had that solid sort of belief system in them for a long time. I'm envious of that. I'm envious of people who have maybe had a similar life to me, a corporate 
job nine to five and have packed it in and gone and done something else where we're doing it and are doing it very well mm. so the balls it takes to do that oh my sure. goodness sure but uh, do you think there's any do you think envy is a you said it was one of the seven sins mm. do you think it is only negative envy? no no um it's I've learned this recently more than ever is it's actually a really great it's a very important human emotion to feel I think um especially in, especially as a child it gives you that it spurs you on to do better and to be better perhaps if you channel it in the right way instead of sitting there and um not taking action it can hopefully make you follow suit in some way or inspire you so in some ways it depends if you don't act on it and just sit there and wallow and go become resentful yeah which i can do from time to time just be like oh, i hate them <laughs> i don't mean it but um yeah if it makes you get off your ass and actually start doing something you want to do so there's something to gain from it yeah if you if you use it in the right way and can chant it yeah if you understand it so in that way do you think it should be pushed down or pushed away or faux pas in in the way that you know when you when you first heard the question and it's that's a horrible question <laughs> mm, because yeah because it's not talked about much is it who are you envious of you know that's not a question that somebody asks you off the bat you know when you're yeah. out for a drink you know but but i think it's what i've you know discovered in my own journey is uh, more much more recently through mental health and, and psychotherapy and things is that envy is a great teacher Yes. And actually to listen to those essays and sort of going, well, why am I, what, what is it about that person that makes me want to nigh on be them? Mm. You know, basically, wh why am I jealous of yeah. the fact that they have that or that they've done this or, or, and, and trying to trace that back to the reason why, you know, what is it about mm. that, that, I think if I had that, I would be so much happier or whatever, you know, what Getting is it about roots. that thing? You yeah. know, and I just find that so interesting. And I think to be able to actually embrace those thoughts and those ideas, you know, from idols or from, from people, contemporaries and sort of going or rivals indeed and, and going, wow. That's you've done an amazing thing that I'm yeah I'm jealous of, but actually that's embracing that and going. Yeah, I want that too. So uh, you know, and and making it spur you on rather than sitting there and you know, I mean we all have that too I imagine, but sort of going oh, you I'm feel just small. so small and jealous, but yeah I think it's a really really curious idea, um, and I th I don't think it's talked about enough. Yeah. hence asking you the question yeah know your idols that's something you once asked me outside of this like mm. who do you admire and I couldn't answer it and that's worrying so I think it was great to be able to try and think and identify people that I admire and certainly who do you you know with. what's your goal yeah like if you could be someone who would you be mm. you know their successes their failures their everything mm. who who is a person that you go that's that's it because if you don't have that person then you've got who what are you what's your goal who are you aspiring to you know and mm. that doesn't mean you have to be everything you don't have to literally be that person but 
but to take something from them that that idea that power that passion that drive or whatever it is that they have mm. uh, or that peace or that ability to relax or that you know it doesn't necessarily need to be extraordinary mm-hmm. it can be just actually feeling quite at peace you know you're you're very interested in meditation mindfulness so it might actually be in the polar opposite direction to what most people would i imagine would classically think is glamorous and famous and glorious and an actress and mm. wow you're just so fabulous but actually it could be in the other direction of <sighs> yeah Looks just like being able to just be calm and and within yourself and nuno's come to say hello to me <laughs> hello good boy wonderful boy Next question, in a totally different area. What are the best features of middle age? Ooh, best features of middle age. I think the first thing that comes to mind would be you know yourself more than ever. So you've been through a lot of experiences by that point, normally in most people's lives of, you know, whether that's moving homes or new change of jobs, um, relationships changing, um, maybe illnesses in different ways and things that you've, different challenges and changes, I think obviously nurture your character. So by that point, I think it's it's sort of knowing how you react to those different, different scenarios. So that's really nice. Um, I think at that point, hopefully in my mind, I mean, I'm not quite at middle age yet, am I? Um, you, <laughs> you no, care I, less I, I, no you're not at middle age <laughs> maybe you care less about what people think um, so much so you're more confident more, a little bit more self-belief or self-love I don't know you, I would hope this is where I veer to um, you're talking stereotypically rather than sort of in general you imagine what I'll be the like the best at- features of middle age are for everyone or you personally um, I think most people, I think certainly the experiences, they're more equipped, um, more experienced, so therefore hopefully feel more armoured and know their reactions better, can harness on experience to be able to tackle, you know, things that might come out of the blue. Um, knowing what you like and what you don't like, I think, certainly, maybe more so. So being sure about, you know, what you enjoy, maybe understanding your interests more but again a lot of that depends on what's going on around you circumstantially if that's going off topic um yeah I think it it still comes back to the not caring as much because for me for me personally I know I've always been self-conscious about how I look and things like that so I think by then again perhaps you know if there were other people or the dependents around at that stage then it wouldn't be so much about me that would almost take that pressure if you like off um worrying about myself so much and it wouldn't be life wouldn't be so self-centered um I'd hope that you'd have more freedom in some ways in that respect so yeah knowing yourself caring less being more equipped to deal with different challenges because by then no doubt you'll have been through a few things um knowing what you like and what you don't like having a small circle of friends hopefully you can trust 
Interesting. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. That I agree. Yeah. I agree because because when you're twenty, I, I mean, I know my twenties were just a shambles. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. You've just been through enough potentially to to sort of go, oh, I'm into that, and I'm not into that, mm. and I like you, and I don't like you, and actually, I don't want to go out tonight. Hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. Next question. <laughs> this is fun. Ah. Oh, God. In, ro- in well, hello. In what respects are you still the same person you were as a child? Oh. <laughs> this is very much. I feel like you're peeling me like an onion. Well, <laughs> unlived lives, you know, it. it I think I think the answers to that lie backwards um, and mm. now, you know, so you can then formulate a new future, potentially, if that's, it's just, a, it's an exploration, right? Yeah. I still have a very playful side and I still love secretly that performance validation you get. So response, if even if it's through my work where I have to do a presentation or sometimes I teach meditation and stretching and stuff like that at work, I love the feedback I get after doing something like that. And I've always loved that as a, as a child. And I guess most people have that in them. Um, I think I like to think I'm still curious and inquisitive and interested in new things not as much as maybe I was maybe that's still dying a little bit but I know I was certainly always I always wanted to join in and what my big sisters were doing for example and learn about what they were doing my nickname used to be me too because I used to always be like me too when they were doing something that I thought could be fun um I think I'm very open-minded I suppose that translates in that way into adulthood um but other traits are I think I was an anxious little girl in some ways. Always chewed my nails, still do that. Don't know where that came from. Um, still look for that feedback and validation. I certainly, even in the working world today, respond better to the carrot rather than the stick method of being praised and encouraged um, a little bit. Obviously, you know, you've got to kind of um, get on with it sometimes without that. But there's no feeling to me better than whenever somebody says you've done a really good job of that I love Mm. that so and I've had that since I was little and yeah just being the center of attention at times you know I loved the spotlight being on me as a little girl like on stage as a teenage girl so yeah I mean and I haven't had the opportunity to really have that in my yeah (laughs) yeah apart from Sometimes when you do really well, you know, hit seals targets, you know, you get celebrated. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. It's very different. Yeah. It's it's not the same as being glorified on stage and For being... a talent or a and skill. Indeed, given applause. Yeah. Yeah. Many applause in, in the corporate world? <laughs> no. No. There's a lot of escalations and, oh, we need to sort this out. Someone's not happy with X, Y, and Z. Let's find a solution rather than, you know... You know, or there be, you know, you've hit your KPIs. That's good. Keep hitting your KPIs. The end is <laughs> not really. Well done for hitting your KPIs. Mm. No, yeah, exactly. It's mm. 
you know, it's your job, you're paid to do it. So your salary is your applause. But after a while, your brain gets a bit, <laughs> Next question. This is slightly more relaxing one, I reckon. Describe a memory or a taste. No. Describe a memory of a taste or smell and what it evokes for you. Oh, that's a good question. All about the senses these days. So a smell or a taste yeah. evokes. I think smells are a big thing for me. You know, I, I know I drive you crazy with all my plugins. I've been sneezing a lot more. I'm sorry. Since I you moved in, of... I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Go I think things. my nose is just not used to it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> cut that down. Um, I think a smell that I remember very well is the mossy grass and the pine and fir trees outside of my bedroom window um, as a little girl. Um, because I, I grew up in a very old house, a very old farmhouse, and there were lots of trees right outside my room, big gardens, and we had very mossy grass. It was very spongy and I spent a lot of time daydreaming, climbing trees, laying on that grass, padding around it. Um, I remember distinctly studying from my GCSEs outside or some sort of exams or tests at high school, taking my books out into the garden. I love to do it. Putting a little blanket down and laying on the grass and looking up at the sky with the trees around. Um, and that smell of being outside when it's sort of like early spring I felt really calm and really in control and yeah I think it was a very happy time I loved nothing more than studying and working hard at school which sounds really sad um, but I think that's the validation thing probably coming into play there um, but it's certainly a very comforting thing when I'm outside these days in nature or somewhere where I have so I get that smell again it takes me right back to feeling just at home and yeah. comforted and like everything's okay so yeah i think smells a very powerful thing so have you experienced that sensation since you left your childhood home hmm. that feeling of everything will be okay was what i had back then it wasn't even a question a, a matter of doubt it was just i remember feeling very happy um so probably not I mean, there's been, oh, that sounds awful. It makes me sound really sad and depressed, but um, it's not what I'm getting at. I think because I've known more and I've, I've experienced so much more since that point of my life, I tend to veer on the side of anxiousness more than ever. But certainly this is what plays into the meditation and mindfulness thing. I think the time that I felt most empowered and in control and that I was learning something off my own accord and something that I could give back and talk about with confidence was when I did that teacher training course in, in mindfulness and meditation sure. and that feeling of having a, a little purpose, if you like to go and share that afterwards. Um, and yeah, just after some of the meditations really calm and just really peaceful. And like anything could have sort of happened and I would have been all right and just not reacted, if that makes sense. Mm. It's, I really like that question because I, I have a, I have a, a smell and that 
perhaps, you know, says a lot about me very quickly, but the smell of new carpet <laughs> reminds me of my um, bedroom. Uh, my, when I, when I, when the extension on the house and I, I, my bedroom was in that extension and so it was decorated. And so the smell of new carpet, and this lovely, beautiful blue carpet and blue curtains with little, uh, oh. little yellows, um, suns on oh, them. That's cute. Yeah, they were cute curtains and <laughs> yeah, which overlooked a field, uh, just, a yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Very lovely. But that smell of new carpet, and every time I smell new carpet, it brings me back to that bedroom and brings me back to childhood and and being in that room yeah. and just doing what I was doing in that room. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, 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 but it's amazing that, isn't it? How that transports you. And, um, and again, uh, I, I, lo I love those moments that, because they totally catch you off guard mm. when they happen, um, and and so it's I find it very interesting. Anyway, next question: Would you consider having this? Is probably you know this is question number eight, so this is probably the most uh, severe. Oh God! <laughs> would you consider having psychotherapy, and what would you hope to discover from it? Would I consider having psychotherapy? Well, I'm currently having psychotherapy and I have been for, well, that kind of therapy for about six months now. Um, and what were the benefits from it? Is that what the other part of the uh, question And what would you hope to discover uh, from it? Ah, um, well, I can tell you what I have discovered and what I still continue to discover and hope to discover. Um, so I think the most important things I've learned from it about myself are that your childhood and your earliest years and experiences are probably the most influential, impactful, um, shaping times of your life and will go on to influence your actions, decisions, reactions, emotions um, in the years to come and will play out probably for the rest of your life in a lot of ways. But what it does teach you and what I hope it continues to teach me is to be able to become aware of it every time it happens, to understand it, why it's happening, accept it, and maybe catch it in the moment before it could potentially be destructive or not a positive sort of outcome from whatever that thing is um, that is has been imprinted on me since... Um, since even I think as far as those first few months as a baby you know how you responded to your mother's love or you know how you were able to self-soothe self-soothe I can't say that um you know your relationship with your father and your mother are fundamental and on your siblings to your interactions with males and females I think in your life um and you tend to go I think I've learned you tend to become attracted initially to the familiar so what people classically say don't they you end up with someone like marrying someone like your father because it's you, in terms of the male sort of person or character in your life you tend to sort of gravitate towards what you know because it feels safe even if it maybe wasn't the best relationship you could have had or maybe not the healthiest and then those sort of clashes and issues that you maybe had with your father then play out in that relationship 
for example. So yeah, I think it's incredibly important and everyone can find out so much about themselves, whether they're, you know, going through really difficult times in their life or not. I think it just prevents you from having, you know, too much of a perhaps inevitable breakdown if you haven't been able to unravel a lot of the maybe traumas or just different emotional stories that have played out in your relationships as a child so it's it's a very safe place to go to it's a constant it's consistently there there's no judgment or shame when you go in there and talk um, and it's a place for you just to let anything come out and then it helps you and allows you to give space to unravel it and make sense of it so highly recommend it <laughs> it's time for your next question is there anything you regret not doing due to fear? So many. How long have we got? How long's a piece of string? God, I have a lot of regrets already, but I know it, there's no point in dwelling on the regrets now because that those times have been and gone. But I regret not focusing more on I, when I was little. I loved drawing and I was very good at art. So either really utilizing that and focusing on that in some ways child or a, a young adult and to this day I mean I'm trying to focus on that a little bit more um with having art lessons at the weekend um and learning to paint and just open up that part of my brain again um I regret not doing the degree that I still to this day believe I should have done that would have taken me down a completely different road but then I wouldn't maybe have ended up here in this life um I really wanted to do drama um and study that at uni I loved it I just loved the whole shebang maybe not so much the technical stuff like the lighting I was bad at that but I liked just understanding a character getting under the skin of a character and putting my spin on it being someone else so I regret not doing that degree and not pursuing drama um, or acting in some way even I mean I know it's not too late to maybe do some kind of amateur dramatics thing but I think for me I wanted to either present or um, be on a soap I don't know anything um, so I regret not not pursuing my acting in some way I think there's I mean in other ways I'm really proud of myself and things I have done so it did take a lot of courage to move away Scotland at you know 18 um I know a lot of people do it but for me personally it was very tricky and then again do it again when I was 22 on my own so I'm quite proud of myself for doing that with very little support or knowledge of how the world worked at all but I regret just yeah I regret caring so much about what other people thought as well in a lot of times but I understand why I did and I don't blame myself for it because of different experiences I've been through and yeah so yeah regret mainly not pursuing just the creativity that still lives in me very much and if you made so interesting if you made a um, different decision which drastically changed your life say you did take that degree in acting rather than uh, psychology um is there anything you would and it led you down a completely different path is there anything that you would miss about your life since that point since that decision um 
that probably wouldn't have happened if you made if you did acting instead mm. well oh another thing i forgot to mention before was the whole piano thing because i had a really bad teacher who used to hit my fingers with um a ruler and she told oh, me my fingers were my too stumpy and i couldn't reach i couldn't do the chords right anyway so that's another thing because i was very good at making up little songs oh. <laughs> anyway sorry back to the question <laughs> I could have been in all singing, all dancing, acting, performing, art. Piano playing. Everything. Just everything. Um, no. So in terms of what you just asked, I don't think I would have been so well traveled. I don't think I would have taken the leap of faith to move from Ireland. I think I'd still be in that country. I don't think I would have studied. Well, I definitely would not. I, the course and degree I wanted to do at uni was based in Belfast at Queen's. Um, so I would have stayed there in that country and I probably wouldn't have moved. So I think in some ways I've become a lot more streetwise, if you like, having had to move. Well, not had to move, but choosing to move, having to make new friends in Scotland and learn how to, you know, cook and <laughs> look after myself, understand how renting a flat works. Just really silly things, open it, you know, just yeah learning how to survive um learn my way learn how to find my way around london when i didn't have a clue how the tube worked when i first moved that was daunting i wouldn't have yeah built so many parts of myself where i feel really confident and secure in like you know with travel and meeting new people knowing how to talk to people that i don't know and um I mean, in the line of work I've had, it's equipped me in so many ways. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, even just basics, how to write a good email, how to become a, come across really professional, how to interview well, um, how to handle pretty much any objection in terms of sales um, to sort of influence people in that way. A lot of tenacity and resilience in, in lots of ways when you're, not hitting your seals targets so i've grown up a lot i think because i moved away i grew up very quickly um when i did that yeah so you but you you probably would have adapted been able to adapt you know to to a different life had you made that decision differently um mm. I, it, because i mean do you think you're adaptable would you have been I've able to, to survive be. oh yeah i mean I think it would have been more difficult for me to, I don't know, deal with change. I mean, I still struggle with change, but I've had to go through that so many times with moving around um, since leaving home. Um, different relationships not working out, all different reasons, different jobs taking me different places. Whereas I think if I'd stayed back in the country um, where I grew up, I wouldn't have learned to cope with that I would have had quite a nice sort of maybe more sheltered calmer and um, more consistent living situation perhaps mm. I don't know I'm sure yeah I think I'm adaptable I don't know if I'd be just as um resilient as I am now if I'd stayed in that country that country is quite um backwards in some ways and I don't think anyone living there would disagree. Not everyone's like that, but um, it's just such a small place. Um, so coming to somewhere like London at that age on my own, 
I think really helped me. Um, that must have been quite a contrast. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, luckily I'd lived in Dundee in Scotland. So, you know, quite a scummy city. Where there's lots of dodgy things around there. Um, but obviously very small scale. London was just terrifying at first. I mean, my best friend, Laura, thank goodness for her. She has lived there all her life. So she was there to help me settle in at first. But yeah, that was very different to the rolling hills of Ireland. <laughs> um, living in, in Tooting. Um, which is where I first moved to. And then I worked at London Bridge, right? You know, busy place. And just a small town Irish girl. <laughs> he just didn't really know much about anything. So yeah, <laughs> very different. Incredible. Incredibly brave. Oh, Incredibly yeah. brave. Your last question. Drum roll. <laughs> Who or what? Who or what might have stopped you from realising your full potential? Well, myself, first of all. If I hadn't been through different things I've been through, which have been quite difficult, so different um, things with my family over the years and um, different relationships, you know, had some horrible boyfriends who cheated on me and things like that so that kind of makes your confidence die a little bit at the time when you go through experiences like that so that is always a danger if you don't recover I mean everyone recovers from that eventually that kind of thing um but it certainly puts a dent in your self-belief in more ways than you realize I think um so I think I've always been the biggest thing that's in my own way but that's come from a multitude of events and circumstances that were and were not in my control. Um, I think, hence the therapy, I think being one of the best things I could do to help mitigate that now at this stage. Um, but I think parents always have a huge influence on someone, someone's self-belief not to their own fault you know I think a lot of the time your parents do the best they can possibly do based on their own experiences but um perhaps when they bring you up as a child they don't quite realize how those little details those little minutes that they spend with you you know really listening and asking questions and taking an interest in what you think and what you have to say can I keep using the word but imprint on your mind forever and 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 oh gosh no one will really want to know because I've you know, they never really listened to me when I was little. So why would they want to hear about me now? So, you know, that had the potential to hold me back and still does to a degree. Um, those experiences and then experiences and bad relationships that ended up being quite toxic. And I stayed in some that were maybe not the best thing to stay in. And, you know, your confidence and your little inner flame dies out a little bit when you're not... Um, I don't know, not in the best frame of mind. But now I think at the minute it's it's myself. Um and it's you know, I'm in a really good place at the minute. I mean, I've met a nice guy and I'm living somewhere really nice and you know, my job's good. So, you know, it's up to me to you now take life by the horns a little bit more and explore with the help of things like therapy to talk some things out and take some more leaps of faith um while I'm still young and um I'll never think that I can live my full potential but there's certainly 
a lot more opportunity for me to do some things um, that I've never done before. Um, I mean, I'm saying that now, <laughs> ask me the same question in five years and see if I've done anything, but um, I don't think it's ever too late for people really. And I do believe that saying, it's just about living it. Um, I think you can always start again. You always can in some way. Um, and the more focus that people put on that, the better, I reckon. But yeah, for me personally, the biggest thing that could stop me living at my potential is myself still. So hopefully that won't be the case forever. <laughs> Laura McKendry, thank you very much for being my first guest on Unlived Lives. My pleasure. It was an honour. Thank you so much. I loved it. If you enjoyed this exploration into Laura's unlived life, make sure to give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube channel for a new episode every Wednesday. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know in the comments section. I hope you enjoyed listening. Mm -hmm.